Well, for me, it's really a feeling, a sort of a gut instinct that am I really making the most of my strengths on this earth? You know, I was put onto this earth with a set of talents and a set of strengths. And I am just so motivated to continually learn what those are and to really put them to the test and and make the most out of them. And so for me, when I kind of fell into marketing and discovered that I loved it and then learned about the creative part of marketing, that's when I really got excited. And I feel like with every career step that I've made, you know, I started off in biotech and pharma, went into healthcare advertising where my creative juices really got fired up there and then moved over to digital health and health tech. And now for the past four and a half years, I I have my own agency. Every step has really led me to this place where I feel more like myself. I just feel like a better, truer, more authentic version of myself. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and opened doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat, how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to How Women Inspire. My guest today is the goddess of all things pivoting. She is the physician turned marketer who is now a co-founder of Best Friend Jack, a boutique marketing agency for health tech companies. She's a brilliant leader. She's so committed and kind, and she's passionate about inspiring women, particularly those in midlife to embrace transitions, second acts, and really living bold and unapologetic lives. Welcome, Lena Chang. And the description of where you show up in the world is why we all gravitate towards you. It is such an honor to have you on this podcast and to have you as a friend. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. 
Okay. Look, before we get into um, the serious business of pivoting and all those good things, would you tell me that theme song that's like your go-to, the thing that makes, you know, that you play maybe when the days are good or, or something that picks you up? Oh my gosh. Well, probably anything by Queen. I'm a huge Queen fan. And I also love their story and the story of Freddie Mercury and just how he really faced adversity growing up and choosing that career path. It was very much against, you know, his family's values and dreams for him, but he just knew it was authentic to who he was. And so I just love the whole story behind it. Well, and it's so interesting to think about it. I mean, most of us think about like going to medical school, becoming a physician, and then you pivot to marketing. All right. So tell me a little bit about that story. And was anybody like Freddie Mercury's family, maybe, um, <laughs> made that choice? <laughs> How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> I know. I mean, it was obviously something I'd worked on for years. And I thought from very early on that I wanted to be a doctor. I grew up in this medical household. My mom started off her career as a labor and delivery nurse, and she went back to school to become a certified nurse midwife. And I grew up following her around and going to home births and helping her out in the office. And so it just felt very natural to me. It, it was a path to becoming a physician. It was was it natural? It made sense. It was a track that I understood. And as I was climbing that ladder and, and once I got to the top, it just, you know, it never felt right. I just kept on waiting for it to get better for this sort of like magical moment where I was going to fall in love with the practice of medicine and to really be fueled by it. And, and instead, you know, I, it, if, if I'm being really honest, I was really unhappy and felt like I was living somebody else's life. So I, you know, I got board certified. I went all the way through the end. I practiced for a year. And what was then your specialty? Honestly, what was your specialty, Lena? Internal medicine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I just, I really got to the point where I, I thought, well, this is, this is really it. Like you've given it a shot and you've right. gotten to How the many end. And, and ear infections and, and broken fingers. Can you look at and feel like it's, it's, it's challenging your brain, right? Okay. Yeah, I just felt like I was I there was something else that I should be doing with my life. So when you think about that, it, it, I'm going to call that a challenge, if that's okay, right? Yeah, you, yeah of course. The biggest challenges you faced in your career transitions, I hear the, the roadblock you were hitting, you know, but talk a little bit more about that transition. How did yeah. you it's kind of impractical in many ways of thinking. Oh, totally. It really, it really was. And and the, I think one of the hardest parts was getting to that place of certainty in my own mind that I wanted to take a different path. And it was very much a mindset challenge. I to accept that, like how restless I was in the profession that I had envisioned as a child and growing up, you know, didn't match reality. And what also made it hard was that I was captivated by certain aspects of medicine, mm -hmm. things like learning people's stories, patients' stories, understanding what makes them tick, helping them overcome obstacles and working in teams who were dedicated to helping patients. And so it was just like this. It I was wish all patients had that as the thing they loved, I have to tell you, like to me. Yeah. That's what's missing in a lot of medicine is that, but yeah, keep, keep. yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like I wholesale just didn't like the whole thing and and everything about it. 
and, and, you know, frankly, I also grappled with what my identity would be if I weren't yeah, a practicing yeah. physician, you know, like, who was I without the white coat, the title, and honestly, like the social standing and what it represented. Well, in a massive, I mean, after all that investment, what did your family think? Like, how did you, and oh, how did it you was... transition to the, how did you manage Yeah, that? yeah, it was, it was so, so hard for my family and for my parents specifically, you know, they're immigrants from Taiwan and they had a very sort of typical career path for immigrants, you know, like them, they came, they got educated and they sort of stuck on a path and continued with it throughout their whole careers. And so when I told them about this, it was very difficult for them to understand. And it was something that I think was a point of tension for many years until they could see that I was going to be, you know, that I was okay, that I was on another path that leveraged my medical background, but that was different, but that from a success standpoint, in their eyes that, you know, once they could see that I was going to be okay, they, they felt better. Yeah. So how did you balance that with the practical realities and demands of life? Like, were you able to pay your bills as well as a marketer from day one? Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's such a great question because there are those practical realities of make it, making a transition, you know, as you're going from something that is stable and paying you and all of that to something that perhaps, you know, you don't have experience in. And that was definitely the case for me. Like I didn't, I started off my career in marketing and biotech and pharma. And I, I didn't know anything about business or biotech or drug development or, or marketing even really. And I would say to keep two things in mind, you know, first is mindset that you really have to have an, an open mind and get to a place where you're comfortable and confident with being uncomfortable, because that's just such a must if you want right. to make that transition and you have to stay strong on that. The growth mindset can't be fixed. Growth mindset. Yeah. Exactly. And getting comfortable with this idea that that next step has to be about sort of three quarters, I'm going to kick ass at this and one quarter like, yikes, this really like scares the heck out of me, but I'm going to figure it out. And then also adding in that, that gut instinct of, you know, does this really feel right? So I would say that's kind of like the first thing is the, is getting your mind right. And then the, the second thing is planning. And this is where it's really just a very practical thing. You know, you, many people are not going to be able to make that just full on switch from one day to the next. And so, and, and a lot of physicians and other people transitioning out of their careers, like I get a lot of reach outs about this. And I would say, do something every day. You may not be able to make the switch right away, but you can do 15 minutes a day. You can do an hour. You can have coffee with doing informational interviews, you know, a few times a week. And so for me, that's really what I did was I did a little bit every day before I made that transition. And I, you know, I also like, frankly, I asked for help. I got help from an executive coach and that was really pivotal. And, and some of those things that I learned, especially in, in the form of networking, some of those skills, like I, I use those today. Well, that 15 minutes a day, like that is, it, it, you can use that in so many other parts of your life. It's like just baby steps, just commit to yourself 15 minutes. That's it. So, okay. So I know from a lot of women who are pivoting out of like that big career. And even for myself, like I was the CEO of something for a while. And at a certain point I was like, you know what? I need a break. 
But I spent 18 months saying like, how am I going to introduce myself? What do I even tell people I am? I'm a consultant that just didn't feel right, right? And so you're the storyteller, you're the marketer, right? How did you think about resetting your story and feeling okay with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, again, you know, I had to get confident in that uncomfortable place and being able to share with people what I was doing and, and that I was making this transition. And oh, by the way, perhaps you're in a position to help me. I would love to get your thoughts. You know, do you know folks that you could introduce me to? Like I would see that as an opportunity. Yeah. So uh, Lena, I don't know if maybe it's different now than it was before, but like, what would you say is inspires you? So what is that thing that really makes you feel like you're fired up and want to solve problems and go to work every day? Well, for me, it's really a feeling, a sort of a gut instinct that Am I really making the most of my strengths on this earth? You know, I was put onto this earth with a set of talents and a set of strengths. And I am just so motivated to continually learn what those are and to really put them to the test and and make the most out of them. And so for me, when I kind of fell into marketing and discovered that I loved it and then learned about the creative part of marketing that's when I really got excited. And I feel like with every career step that I've made, you know, I started off in biotech and pharma, went into healthcare advertising, where my creative juices really got fired up there, and then moved over to digital health and health tech. And now for the past four and a half years, I, I have my own agency. Every step has really led me to this place where I feel more like myself. I just feel like a better, truer, more authentic version of myself. And that's really what keeps me keeps me going. And now also, you know, with our agency, my my business partner Reed and I, we're very intentional about the type of work that we take on. And we're fortunate enough to have choices in that area. So we really choose based on, you know, what really inspires us the most. What healthcare problem is someone trying to solve inspires us the most? And are they going to be good people to work with? That's also very important to us. Well, certainly at a certain age, you're like, yeah, I I can't suffer the fools anymore. Okay. So if you've ever read the book, Don't Think of an Elephant, uh, the idea is like, if I say to you, don't think of an elephant for the next 10 minutes, what do you do? Okay. (laughs) And so that was supposed in concept, like the playbook, for how to really get people focused on what you want them to focus on. Unfortunately, there it, for my politics, it was really uh, the Republican Party that really figured this out. And it was like the Clean Air Act is the name, but everything in there was bad for the environment, right? So I just say that as an example, because I hear best friend Jack, and it's like, well, of course, I want a best friend Jack. Like, you know, like, to me, how did you come up with that name? And it was that, is that subversive? Like, is there like, like don't think of an elephant because you know it was something that we wanted a name that reflected our values and so the term best friend is in there because best friends are there for you they support you they tell it to you like it is they help you achieve your goals and that's was really what we were out to do when we started the agency was to to take that approach with our clients. And then the name Jack, you know, it was just a name that we liked, but also it's a very accessible, friendly name. And again, that's sort of the way that we like to work with our clients is just in a very accessible way. Yeah. So you've made a real commitment to women. You really are committed to women and, and women's transitions. What's your advice? What do you want every woman listening to this that is, we're all going to go through a career transition at some point. We're not yesterday or t- today, it's tomorrow. What's that 
second yeah. act transition recommendation. I would say that if you first, you know, as I've been mentioning, get to that place where your mindset, your mind is in the right place to take that next step. And then once you're there, surround yourself with the type of people who are really going to hold you up and support you along the way. And in a very practical sense, I would say, like, put together your own tribe to help you do this. And that was something that I did as I was going through another transition a few years ago was through the group Parlay House, through our mutual friend and Devereaux Mills. You know, I was getting ready to leave a company that I had been at for four years. It was a very difficult transition. And I just happened to go to a Parlay House event where there was a group of women that they were a group of American expats who had all met in Singapore and I think they had mostly followed their husbands there. So many of them had careers of their own though and 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 were going through transitions of their own and they decided to form a group that they called Regroup. And it was all about reinvention and transitioning and supporting one another unequivocally, but also holding each other accountable. And when I was hearing them speak, it was like my body was just like on fire. I could just feel like this is what I this is what I need in my life right now. So I talked to them afterwards and said, would you mind if I borrowed your mission statement, your guiding principles, and started a regroup of my own here in the Bay Area? And so, you so that's what I did. Get a structure for it. Is that something that's uh, accessible? We could look it up online, or is that something that we need to know? Ask you for, for the regroup model? Yeah. I mean, anyone's, you know, can feel free to reach reach out to me. And it is got a, a Google Doc on it that I've shared with many, many people, but it's really it really takes commitment though. You know, it is a thing where we met weekly for I mean, the first regroup I did, we met weekly for about 18 months. Was this but, an equal relationship or just advisors to you? Do like did you contact people and say, Hey, would you be my advisor for 18 months? Uh, I need Oh I- yeah. Yeah. Good question. So, you know, what I did was, so it's meant to be a group that meets on a regular basis. And we actually used a, a book, a couple of different books to guide us, to guide the discussion. But we, everybody kind of came with their own transition well, like questions. A group where everybody exactly. Yes. Bring each other. Got yeah. It. Yeah. And so, but it's, and, and it's, it's high, it's a, it requires a high investment, but my God, Julie, the transitions that came out of, uh, of that group were just so transformational and women found new jobs and new careers and moved to different areas and started kind of new lives. It was truly amazing. Well, I had my own mastermind groups for years and it, it literally is how you, they're a mirror to you too. It's like, you know, Lena, you've been saying this for six months now. Have you, do you think maybe you're yeah. ready to do that thing? Or, yeah. Uh, I think maybe there's a pattern. That's-, <laughs> that's so true. And that's what I mean. It's like, that's not easy to oh. face that sort of mirroring, but it's so critical to growth, right? So do you have a mantra that's kind of been your, carried you through these transitions? I do in the sense that I just, I now look at at transitions in such a different way. You know, I've gotten laid off. I've faced toxic situations at work and just on the personal level there, you know, I've had challenges, but now my, I look at them differently and I've gotten to the point where I'm confident about being uncomfortable and it's really a must if you expect to succeed or thrive. And 
And so even in those low points, like I try to see them as learning opportunities. Excellent. So we're almost out of time, but I have so many things I want to talk to you about. You're an investor in How Women Invest, the venture fund that we created together. We're partners. What do you think about when you think about your own investment, whether it's financial in other ways in in other women and making a difference? Well, I think it's been incredibly rewarding for me to watch just the incredible growth and opportunities that these women that we're investing in are taking and just growing these companies and making smart decisions. And I'd say it's about time. You know what I mean? Like it is time. And to be part of this organization that is, as I see it, sort of leading a movement in this area has been a privilege for me. So I've I've really enjoyed it. Well, Lena, I'll just say in so many ways, you've been such a go-to person because your expertise is extraordinary and you're brilliant and thorough in everything that you do. And so I feel like every healthcare related company that we've looked at is like, oh, Lena, could you help us do due diligence on this one? And that kind of commitment to this movement to the women that we're looking at is extraordinary. And you're, you are, you're one of the good ones, my dear. So what a great example for all of us. You've given us practical things to do. Everyone follow the yellow brick road that we just heard. Get your board of directors, mastermind group together, all of the thoughtful ways that you can really think about resetting and pivoting. You've given us such a good roadmap to follow. Do you have maybe a last piece of advice that you could share with people who are, who are chiming in today? I would say lean, you know, especially for women in midlife, lean into life transitions. You know, there are so many that happen in, in midlife, you know, whether it's career changes or your kids are leaving for school, but lean in, have the confidence to be uncomfortable and the growth you'll experience and the good you'll do in this world will really amaze you. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. You are such a tremendous example. And it's right on time because when I talk to the women, 20,000 women in our network, I would say about 25% are in some kind of a pivot. So this is a hugely valuable set of advice. And Lena, how can people find you if they want to connect with you? They can email me at uh, lena at bestfriendjack.com. And they can also find me on LinkedIn. It's it's L-E-N-A-C-H-E-N-G. And I'm also on Instagram. Thank you so much. And everyone, lean in, listen deeply. And then uh, just 15 minutes a day, uh, we're all going to be like Lena and, and live our purpose by following this roadmap. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism. In our loving network, we want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.